up and welcome to a difficulty class bonus episode bonus. because the non Arthurkana came out. And we always do a bonus episode. <laughs> uh, I am one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is Ali Deitchman. That's right. And like I said, we're here to talk about some non Arthurkana. And Ali, I am so freaking excited. Yes. We, I, I, I literally said before, because we we're talking about reading it. I said, let's start the episode so I can tell you. I, binge, I read this entire thing as soon as it came out. You know me. <laughs> I usually try to hold off. I'll get like the first one. I'm like, oh, I should save this. I should save this for the episode. I couldn't stop. I read through the whole thing. And it's not very long, to be fair. Yeah. I read through the entire thing because I'm like, I freaking love this. This could be printed in a book tomorrow. <laughs> so that's on the complete opposite. I really wanted to read it, but I'm in the midst of finals and work mm-hmm. and everything, so I haven't had the chance. So I've just barely seen what Twitter has put out on it, <laughs> and the fact that there's Dampiers in there, and I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I, I, I think I think a lot of people's uh, inner goth teenager just squealed with joy at the at the title <laughs> of the tweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like, bring me the black fingernail polish. I am ready. (laughs) Mine's green right now, but. um, (laughs) So, um, yeah, I guess we should just hop into it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, this is uh, Unearthed Arcana 2020. Yeah, that's actually a good thing to note. This is the first uh, Unearthed Arcana of 2021. And is this the first one since Tasha's? Yes. Ooh, yeah, I, I feel like it is. I, I don't know. <laughs> when did a class feature? Nope, that's 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 the wrong thing. You know, I used to have <laughs> things set up by like history, but then. Oh wait, 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 here we go. Here we go. Unearthed uh, Arcana uh, subclasses part five came out October twenty sixth, twenty twenty. So yeah, this is the yep. first one we've gotten since Tasha's. Yeah, and there's and... like a few things that people have said about that <laughs> that we'll get into once once I read, okay. read a little bit into it. Okay. Um, one thing that I, that I do want to say is I'm just like, everyone, you heard through like the last year and a half of us reading these and my conspiracy theories of what it's going for. Oh, it's starting back up. Tasha's <laughs> is out, got the answer for all those ones. And now I'm here just like, what book is this going in? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I've got theories too, man. I'm here for it. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll say it. We'll say this for afterwards. Uh, so we'll, uh, Let's let's uh let's start reading it and get into it. Yeah, you and I'll, I'll pass it over to you for reading because again, not <laughs> great. You, yep. Uh, oh, going back. Here we go. All right. So this is <laughs> Gothic lineages. Um, this document features three new race options to play test for player characters in D and D: the Dampier, the Hexblood, and the Reborn. These options are special. You can choose one at character creation or at an appropriate time later in the campaign transforming your character <laughs> which is really cool <laughs> I love it so they talk about creating your character at first level um, you choose whether your character is a member of the human race or of one of the game's fantastical races uh, you know that verbiage uh, alternatively yeah that was weird yeah <laughs> uh, you can choose one of the following lineages if you choose a lineage, you might have once been a member of another race, but you aren't any longer. You now possess only your lineage's racial traits. When you create a character using a lineage option here, follow the additional rules during character creation. So with the ability score increases, when you determine your ability score, increase one of those scores by two and increase a different one by one. These increases can't raise a score above 20. 
You follow this rule regardless of the method you use to determine the scores, such as rolling or point by. If you're replacing your race with lineage, replace any ability score increases you previously had with these. So if you got that, was it a mountain dwarf where you get plus two, plus two? <laughs> plus two, plus one. <laughs> plus two, plus one. Well, that that, that one is interesting that it, that it removes it. And I do like that mechanically um, because otherwise this would be just a power gamer move. Yeah. Where it's like, why are you a damn fear? Because it gave me extra stats. Yeah. Um, I mean, to, it, it, the weird thing is, is that like depending on what your original abilities is, it's weird that it suddenly changes. Because like, imagine if you were that mountain dwarf and you're like, I put the plus two uh, in wisdom and intelligence, and it's like you become a damn fear. I'm a little dumber now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of wild. Um, like. Yeah. Flavor-wise, I can imagine it, like, most especially with the the raw human, where it plus one's across the board, where it's like, oh, you, you oh, get a little bit whoa, of, like, yeah. specialization in there, but you lose a little bit of everything else because, like, you're a little off now. You're a little, you're a little weird. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I forgot that they get that because I always play the variant because I'm who, just who a Who does play feats. the plus ones across the board? I mean, I'd be real. <laughs> <laughs> people with dms that don't want them to have feats <laughs> i guess yeah i i don't really hang out with anyone like that so <laughs> yeah no not not my crowd not my crowd <laughs> um and then it goes on to languages your character can speak read write common and one other language that you and your dm agree is appropriate the player's handbook offers a list of widespread languages the dm is free to add or remove from that list for a particular campaign if you're replacing your race with a lineage, you retain any languages you had and gain no new languages. I mean, uh, we're going to get into this later, but you're changing race, not culture. So there you go. <laughs> creature type. Okay. Every creature in D&D, including every player character, has a special tag in the rules that identifies the, creature, the type of creature they are. Most player characters are of the humanoid type. A race option presented here tells you what your character's creature type is. Uh, list of types. Here's a list of the game's creature types in alphabetical order. It goes through all of them, from aberration to undead. Uh, these types don't have rules for themselves, but some rules in the game affect creatures of certain types in different ways. Uh, for example, Cure Wounds specifies the spell doesn't work on a creature that is construct or undead. Having more than one type. Some creatures are of more than one type. If an effect works on at least one of the creature's types, that effect can work on that creature. For example, if you are both a humanoid and an undead, Cure Wounds works on you, since the spell works on a humanoid. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, yeah. I skipped over that part. I guess I did not see that before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun little note here. I believe uh, ha like dragonborns are uh, humanoid. They're not draconic at all. Yeah. So like if you're fighting like a half dragon or someone, it's going to be like, oh, I have this dragon slayer sword. And it's like, ah, oh, well, it doesn't do anything, though. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. Um, so there's a pretty big uh, design note in here that mm -hmm. is the next part that a lot of people picked up on and they both were like great but also why now at the same time mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I'll read through it and then we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit so design note changes to racial traits in 2020 the book Tasha's Cauldron of Everything introduced the option to customize several of your character's racial traits specifically the ability score increased trait the language trait and the traits that give skill armor weapon or tool proficiencies 
Following in that book's footsteps, the race options in this article and in future D&D books lack the ability score increase trait, the language trait, the alignment trait, and any other trait that is purely cultural. Racial traits henceforth reflect only the physical or magical realities of being a player character who's a member of a particular lineage. Such traits include things like a dark vision, a breath weapon, as in the Dragonborn, or innate magical ability, as in the Forest Gnome. Such traits don't include cultural characteristics like language or training with a weapon or a tool. And the traits also don't include alignment suggestion, since alignment is a choice for each individual, not a characteristic shared by lineage. Finally, going forward, the term, quote, race in D&D refers only to the suite of game features used by a player characters. Said features don't have any bearing on monsters and NPCs who are members of the same species or lineage, since monsters and NPCs in D&D don't rely on race or class to function. Moreover, DMs are empowered to customize the feature of the creatures in their game as they wish. That the the last sentence there is the one that I'm like, okay, so again, we're falling back on the just make it up. Yeah. But they're the fact that they said straight up like racial traits henceforth reflect only physical or magical realities. And they're saying like following the race options in this article and in future D D books lack the ability score increase trait. So from here on out, that's not gonna be a thing anymore. Yeah. And it's like looking at this though, and it's like, why wasn't this in the slew of like UAs that they were putting out for Tasha's when they were working on Tasha's? Um, honestly, I I think if I had to guess, it it's purely they were like, okay, it's too far into this development cycle. Um, we'll put something in right now and then work on it for the next one. That's that's the only thing I can figure out. I don't have any inside knowledge or anything like that. Um, it's just, that's the only reason I can think of. Um, but I, I, I do like that they're at least doing something. We can obviously that they're doing something more than just, you know, putting a blurb in one book yeah. uh, during the year that they were like, oh, shit, you're right, we fucked up. And so they are actually going to do something more. I, I like that they're doing that. Um, I do kind of just wish that they were a little more... Well, no, I, I, I wish they were more vocal about it. I wish they oh, yeah. were, were talking, having a dialogue about this more than just a, you know, one-sided conversation where they put out a, a ua every here and there and have a designer note in it like are they gonna put this text block essentially in every new player's handbook that comes out because that's what they're yeah. saying they're saying like from here on out future new books like the term race in D refers only to the suite of game features used when making pcs and that's mm -hmm. it and so it's like it makes me feel like that should be involved with the player's handbook. Like instead of going back and releasing a whole new thing, they're just kind of adding an addendum in a way. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's not, that's not going to work. Um, yeah. There, and, and you know, I harped on it for so long. There needs to be a um, advanced player's handbook. Mm -hmm. One that now overrides the original player's handbook um, that changes up 
especially how uh, uh, you know the the race mechanic is used in it, um, and change it to whatever it is they're going to do going forward. Hopefully, with how this is going, um, because honestly, if we now switch to this thing where um, your you have a heritage. And that's, you know, if you're an elf or a human or half-orc or something like that, and then your lineage is something else, it's almost like a minor class. Like, it's like your starting class on top of your actual class. Yeah. <laughs> because you're now going to get stuff from your lineage, which opens up the door so much more for customization, which is something that 5th edition gets knocked for a lot, as it mm -hmm. is. So yeah, if you're able to say I am a uh, a you know a rock gnome damp fear fighter, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> I mean, like people have been asking constantly, which is why like an elf and an orc had a little baby got so popular. It's like okay, half elf. You're only giving us the option for half elf, half human. Mm -hmm. What about every other race out there? <laughs> yes, elves are hot. They're gonna get it with it with everybody. Yeah. Well, see and see and see. That's the thing that like I I kind of expected out of Pathfinder Second Edition because mm. they have the heritage thing, and you know when you select human, you can choose the heritage of half elf or half orc. But that's it. No other races are fucking. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it. Cut off. Yeah. It's just that. Um. And actually, something that I wanted to point out, because uh, while you were reading the starting part, I actually picked up the Advanced Player's Guide for a second edition. Because I remember Dampfear was in there. Mm -hmm. And what uh, the re one of the things that I really like about this lineage thing is the ability that you can pick it up anytime. Because Dampfear in second edition Pathfinder is a starting uh, race. Like, that, that's it. It's your ancestry. Your ancestry is Dampfear. You cannot pick it up any other place. You have to start at level one with it. So this is also turning things... This is giving a mechanical thing to story development. Yeah. Which is something I feel a lot of RPGs are missing. So I'm very excited about how this can work. Although I will say I think there is a way to pick up uh, first level racial traits. There are in second edition because I have the halfling luck as a as an elf. <laughs> there, there is, but um, it it's, it misses it misses a lot of the other stuff with it. Oh, that comes I, it's along. just that you get the feet. You don't actually get like the whole shebang. Yes. I get what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah like you can um, you can pick up on pieces, but not like yeah, you can't be a part of that. Okay. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's keep going through there. <laughs> Pretty much, I'm just, I'm glad that they're finally approaching the concept of removing how race can affect gameplay, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're just saying it doesn't affect gameplay anymore. It doesn't affect monsters. It doesn't affect NPCs. The only time it's actually used is just in reference to when you're building a character. Yeah. It's like, yep, that's how it should be. <laughs> like, uh, but the, I, I do like that they're still getting the magical... Um and, and characteristic things from it. You're still gonna get your dark vision. You're still gonna get um, you know the the orc uh, trait that's like if you drop to zero, you only drop to one instead, and you get that once a day or something like that. You still get those things, 
but you're not going to you're not getting your language from your race which again never made sense yeah. or you're uh you, you know like heck we I mean we recorded an episode almost 2 years ago now about how it's like it does not make sense that ability boosts are in your race Oh, yeah. It doesn't make sense. No. Uh, or, like, languages either. Because, like, oh, yeah, as a half-elf, you find yourself uh, much as an ambassador between races. So you know an extra language. It's like, well, yeah. hang on. My lone wolf rogue half-elf isn't going to know an extra language. <laughs> yeah. It also, that just kind of says this weird standard that, like, anytime two races meet up, a half-elf pops out. and just like, allow me to speak for you. Yeah. <laughs> I am the ambassador of races. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but uh carrying on from that text box cuz yeah that was that was a big gray text box in there that we we wanted mm -hmm. to go over. Uh it goes starts out with the Dampier. Um poised between the worlds of the living and the dead. Dampiers retain their grip on life yet are endlessly tested by vicious hungers. Their ties to the undead grant Dampiers a taste of the vampire's deathless prowess in the form of increased speed, dark vision, and a life-draining bite. With unique insights into the nature of the undead, many Dampiers turn to the lives of adventurers and monster hunters. Their reasons are often deeply personal. Some seek danger, imagining monsters as personifications of their own hungers. Others pursue revenge against whatever will turn them into a Dampier. And still others embrace the solitude of the hunt, striving to distance themselves from those who tempt their hungers. Speaking of, Dampier hungers. Every Dampier knows a thirst slaked only by the living. Their desire, this desire is a whisper in the mind, a tinge to the sight of reflex constantly needing to be suppressed. Those who overindulge their thirst risk losing control and forever viewing others as prey. Those who resist might find exceptional ways of controlling their urges or suppress it through constant molar grinding restraint. In any case, temptation haunts Dampiers, and circumstances conspire to give them endless reasons to indulge. While many Dampiers thirst for blood, your character might otherwise gain sustenance from the living. Roll on or choose an option from the Dampier hunger's table to determine what tempts your character to feed. There's a D8 table this. here. I love this. It is very fun. Um, I just read a couple. So you got blood, you know, straight up regular blood. Blood. Mm -hmm. You got flesh or raw meat. So, you know, get a little ghoulish in there. Yeah. You have cerebral spinal fluid. <laughs> Gonna be a little hard to get in there. Hey, I mean, if the elithids can do it. Um, you've got esoteric humors. Not sure exactly what that would entail. Do, do you Do you know that? I just love the idea that it's like, uh, yeah, I'm a vampire. Uh, don't, don't worry, though. I'm not going to drink your blood. Then what What do you feel? Uh, it's fine. I go down to the comedy club like once a week, get my fill. It's fine. <laughs> but what is, what is esoteric? I'm looking up what Google is going to say. Esoteric humors. Yeah, it's just it's just occult humor. It's just <laughs> jokes. The, the best esoteric jokes. I just, the driest, most esoteric joke I know, a horse walks into a bar, the bartender asks uh, the horse if it's an alcoholic, uh, considering all the bars he frequents, uh, to which the horse replies, I don't think I am, I think not, poof, the horse disappears. That's okay, sure, whatever. Okay, I, I, I got an actual, like, here we go. So esoteric means to be understood by or meant for only the select few who have special knowledge or interest. Meaning that humor was understood by people that had the same interest as the person telling the jokes. So dictionary.com. It's gatekeeping humor. Inside, it's an inside joke. Or like, it's an inside it's, joke. Yeah, it's, that's really interesting. Uh, the five on the D8 would be psychic energy. 
which is interesting. I love to that. Think about. Yeah, because can you imagine being like a uh, like a psi user of some sort, like the the, the wizard? <laughs> See, but I'm just over here just picturing uh, Colin from uh, what we do in the Shadows TV show, where he just feeds <laughs> off of like embarrassment and annoyance. Yes, <laughs> I just want I just want that character. Uh, okay. They can feed off of a color from one's appearance. The, okay, I'm going to get to why I love this one when, when we're done. Okay. Uh, the next one is dreams, which, yes. Mm-hmm. And the last one is life energy, which, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I really freaking love the, the, the color thing. And that probably comes from, uh, I, I love Brandon Sanderson novels. One of them, uh, Warbreaker, magic came from colors. Uh-huh. Uh, there's also, um, oh my gosh, I can't, the Brent Week series that I can't remember the name of right now. The Dark Black Prism series, something like that. That it, it revolved around magic being uh, your source of power, or like color being your source of magic. And... I do really love the idea of like a vampire who feeds off of a color um, because imagine like they're in prison and like no one and no guard is allowed to wear red around them. If anyone walks in there with red clothing, you're dead. Ooh, that's spooky. <laughs> and, and and like I, I, I love that because they're because, you know, th- one of the things I do like doing when we read these is coming up with villains. Like I love the idea of a villain that's like, oh, your your group has like a like a a uniform kind of thing. Oh, that's cute. That's those color. That one of those colors, my color. Mm-hmm. So I'm a I'm a beef up when I'm around you. <laughs> my group be fucked if it was blue, right? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Now you you made that make sense because at first I was like, what what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, like like just being able to draw in energy just from the color itself like the light interacting with the color in your eyes is what draws the power Ooh, that's really cool um so after those hungers like I, like they said you can choose or you can roll um mm-hmm. there's the dampier origins uh, dampiers often arise from encounters with vampires but all manner of macro of macabre bargains uh necromantic influences and encounters with mysterious immortals might have transformed your character that was a mouthful to say all that whole sentence <laughs> um the dampier origins table provides suggestions for how your character gained their lineage or you know became now, a dampier now i do i don't think we should read this one i think we should leave this one for listeners to go read because there's some really cool ones in here yeah there, and... I've, i'm only reading like a couple right now where it's like <laughs> I just I don't I want to read this one just one okay a parasite inhabits your body I knew it <laughs> you indulge your hunger to sate it I knew that was gonna be the one you, you did yeah I love there's so many more than just freaking uh Lestat came one night and was like you want to be a vampire <laughs> uh, yeah. so I, I I really do like this and the reason why I think we should leave it is is because it someone might use this as a really cool character development thing in a party with someone so Keeping it, I I think that one can be spoiler free on that. Yeah, that that's really cool. I do like you said, like it's more than just a vampire came along one night and now you're a dampier. It's like yeah. more than that. So yeah. they were talking about traits. Uh, here they are now. So you are humanoid and undead. That is your type. I, 
Now, as I, I think, I think you'll agree with this. As a Magic the Gathering player, multiple traits make me happy. <laughs> I am, I am not phased at all by. Multiple I know traits. it's, it's so good. I love them. It's like you're giving me more keywords to fuck with them. <gasps> yeah. Yay! I'm okay with this. <laughs> it's like the Paladin can sense undead. Casually looks to the right. <laughs> <laughs> It's goddamn. I just imagined a paladin to be like, all right, I sense undead, and then my brain cut immediately to Beetlejuice, where she turns around and the giant beetle sitting in the chair. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Pretty> much. <laughs> like that's that's what it would be. Okay, so oh, something neat. Uh, your speed is thirty-five feet. You walk fast because the dead ain't got time for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm here for that because every single just incarnation of half vampire of some sort in fiction has shown them to have some sort of superhuman like speed. But but it's not like it's not like super fast speed. That's what I that's the thing that really gets gets a kick out of me is that it is just five feet faster speed. Yeah. And so it's like it's like what makes you of damn fear. I can speed walk. (laughs) <laughs> like the monk will really be faster good. than you in no time but still yeah yeah um, oh god or or you become a monk oh i got i got i found a tweet earlier that i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you guys after we're done okay. talking about this okay okay so uh the dark vision of course naturally it's 60 foot regular dark vision so mm-hmm. you can see in dim light slightly disappointed but uh, uh, mechanically it makes sense yeah uh, you got spider climb you have a climbing speed equal to your walking speed. In addition, at third level, you can move up, down, and across vertical surfaces and upside down along ceilings while leaving your hands free. <laughs> Is it bad the first thing I thought about was just making David Bowie from Labyrinth? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you telling me I could walk upside down and just fuck with people? <laughs> <laughs> just just have three marble globes in my hand hello <laughs> so you can make so many dampier npcs just like be that extra bitch you know it's Dude, like... when i when i come back to dming it's gonna be lucky for my players if all of the npcs aren't damn fierce <laughs> <laughs> um so this next part is the fun one uh vampiric bite your fanged bite is a natural weapon, which counts as your simple melee weapon with which you are proficient. You add your con mod to the attack and damage rolls when you attack with your bite. Your bite deals 1d4 piercing damage on a hit. While you are missing half or more of your hit points, you make advantage on attack rolls you make with this bite. Because, you know, it. you're hungry. Hungry. Uh, I got the hunger. <laughs> When you use your bite and hit a creature that isn't a construct or an undead, you can empower yourself in one of the following ways. You can regain hit points equal to the damage dealt by the bite. Equal to the damage, by the way. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or you can gain a bonus to the next ability check or attack roll you make. The bonus equals to the the damage dealt by the bite. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, you can empower yourself with your bite a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So here's the here's the tweet that I wanted to bring up. <laughs> um, it's by uh, Christian Hoffer. I just saw it randomly. It was posted a day ago. It says, FYI, it looks like a Dampier's vampiric bite counts as a mount weapon. No. <laughs> and 
someone's my favorite response was everybody was kung fu biting. <laughs> that was my favorite response. <laughs> Those bats were fast as lightning. <laughs> Oh, holy shit. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, I love it. It's a natural weapon. It's a simple melee weapon, and you're proficient with it. Yep. Yep. So the monk uh, dampiers. <laughs> good God. So, um, I do, I do really, really love this. The only thing, though, it's just mechanic versus theme. Mm-hmm. You have the thematic part of your uh, dampier hungers for dreams. But its bite thing still works. <laughs> yeah. So it it's it's a it's a little weird with that, but I think you could easily do something homebrew wise to make it make sense for what you hunger for. Yeah, I think honestly, it could it just change out the. You could also change out the the physicality of it too. You could you could adjust this. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You easily it. easily could. Like, I would still um, say, like, if, you, if it is, like, a psychic kind of thing, you would still have to be within five feet or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just make it a five-foot range spell. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, yeah, it, it could totally work. It would just need some adjustments, which is one of the things that you would say when talking about the survey for this one. Yeah. Uh, the next one uh, that we're going to be talking about is the hex blood. Where wishing fails, ancient magic can offer a heart's desire, at least for a time. Hexbloods are individuals infused with eldritch magic, fey energy, or mysterious witchcraft. Some who enter into bargains with hags gain their deepest wishes, but eventually find themselves transformed. These changes evidence a hag's influence. Ears that split in forked points, skin in wild shapes, lengthy hair that regrows if cut, and an irremovable living crown. Along with these marks, hex bloods manifest hag-like traits, such as long life, dark vision, and a variety of magical methods to beguile the senses and avoid the same. While many Hexbloods gain their lineage after making a deal with a hag, others reveal their nature as they age, particularly if a hag influenced them early in life or even before their birth. Many Hexbloods turn to lives of adventure, seeking to discover their mysteries of their magic, to forge a connection with their fey natures, or to avoid a hag that obsesses over them. (laughs) I like that last one. Oh my god, she won't leave me alone. (laughs) No, I don't want to be your understudy. (laughs) Where are you going? Out! <laughs> like, Where are you going? Out! <laughs> Leave me alone! I'm just imagining oh that was God. Tasha now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's is that a tattoo on your face? Yes, it's. Oh my God! Leave me alone! <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is magical. I told you I would get one that would only be magical. <laughs> Oh God! Um, the hair of the air of hags. Oh, that one's a hard one to say. A lot of H's. One way hags create more of their kind is through the creation of hexbloods. Every hexblood exhibits features suggestive of the hag whose magic inspires their powers. This includes an unusual crown, often called an elder cross or witch's turn. This living garland-like part of a hexblood's body extends from their temples and wraps behind the head, serving as a visible mark of the bargain between hag and hexblood, a debt owed or a change to come. 
Interesting. That's hot as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I, I do like the visuals on that because I can just already see, like, the OC art coming at me now. This is... <laughs> 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 Um, there's a text box here that says becoming a hag hags can undertake a ritual to irreversibly transform a hex blood they created into a new hag either one of their own kind or that embodies the hex blood's nature this requires that both the hag and hex blood be in the same place and consent to the lengthy ritual circumstances most hex blood shun but might come to accept over the course of centuries once a hex blood undergoes this irreversible ritual they emerge as a hag npc no longer under the control of the hex blood player unless the dm rules otherwise Dang, that is cool. Yeah. I can see so many neat uses for that. Oh, yeah. That's a huge story beat that probably won't go unnoticed in a lot of campaigns. I can tell. <laughs> Dang. I Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Like, like that, that definitely would be one that I don't think would go. But like, but again, the fact that it's there. I just I, I love that because um, imagine when uh when we started the the reign of winter campaign tara was playing a witch class from pathfinder from pathfinder i can speak but like and th that whole campaign had to do with witches and stuff like that and i would have loved for there to have been some options like no like what if we had to make a hag <laughs> like what <laughs> if we needed to make another like baba yaga stand in or something i love it you know what my favorite part of that is though it this requires that both the hag and the hexblood be in the same place and consent to the lengthy ritual. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be kidnapped. This can't be forced on you. You yeah. have to agree to it. And that, I think, brings out the face spirit of things where it's mm -hmm. like, let's make a bargain. Let's strike a deal. Let's make this worth each other's while as opposed to just, oh, it's about defeating the other. Da, 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 da. And it's like, yeah. no, this is like well, a, actually about bargaining. 100% that, but also screw you messed up DMs. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. yeah, you can just imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want to, so <laughs> mm -mm. carrying on. Mm -mm. Um, there's the Hexblood Origins. Uh, much like with the Dampiers, uh, you came about some way or another. Uh, bargain with the Hag or other eerie forces. Transform your character into a magical being. Roll on or choose an option from the Hexblood Origins table. Determine how your character gained the lineage. Okay, so there are eight ones here. Um, just like let, last let me time. let me let me pick let me pick one out here yeah. that that because because we'll, we'll we'll just do one. Eh, no, that's not the. Uh, eh, no. Whoa. Oh, okay. I actually do. I, okay, this one's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. A coven of hags lost one of their members. You were created to replace the lost hag. Ooh. That could have so many interesting things for it. Like you ran away. Yeah. Or they're like, we created you, but you're not ready to be a hag yet. Your entire character plot is to become a hag. Like you want to become a hag, but you're just not powerful. Yes. Yet. Oh, that would be cool. God moment where you're like, ooh, yeah. you're powerful to fight gods. What are you going to do? I'm going to become a hag. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Make some it. dream pies. Kill yeah. some kids. You know. <laughs> <laughs> not all hags are like that. I know that. <laughs> Hashtag not all hags. No. <laughs> oh god um, what's the next part it's the traits the hex okay. blood traits uh so again multi-types you are both fey and humanoid mm -hmm. uh your size and i love this you could be medium or small choose when I know, you gain I do this lineage it. well okay so that's 
that's interesting for me. So are you does this say that like a hex blood or a um anything could never be a large creature? You know, the only thing that I have against that is centaurs. Yeah. You know, it's like centaurs are inherently fey. <laughs> yeah. So like not all fey are small, that's, but is that the only large character class? Are 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 Lexodon large? I think Duh. both centaurs and Luxodons are technically medium. I just imagined the Luxodon being the damp fear and its tusk just turned downwards oh like fangs. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that would be great. I don't I don't think that's uh, how it works. <laughs> uh, oh, she's going for she's going for the book. Yeah, she's going you to got the source. I'm curious now because now I'm like, wait. Are Lexodons yeah, because because as soon as you said that, I was pretty sure there was a little kerfuffle about uh, centaurs being medium-sized creatures. Minotaurs are size medium, by the way. Minotaurs. Yeah, I knew that one. Yeah. Um, Luxodons are size medium, but they stand between okay. seven and eight feet tall. Okay. Okay. I don't think there's any PC that can technically be large because okay. That would just be kind of a, a little ridiculous. <laughs> All right. I get you. I get you. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Wizards is like, hey, yo, eight feet cut off. No 10 foot <laughs> players here. <laughs> no more adventuring after eight feet. It's just uncomfortable when you go into dungeons. You have to bend over yeah. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you could choose to be medium or small, which, again, I enjoy that you have that option that you can be kind of more gnomish at Hexblood as opposed to like, mm-hmm. just, oh, here's your average human. Uh, you get a speed of 30 feet, as usual, and you get dark, the normal dark vision, so 60 feet in front of you. You also have fey resilience, so just like the elves, uh, you have advantage on... Oh, not like the elves, this is different. Fey resilience, you have the advantage on saving throws you make to avoid or end the charmed condition on yourself. Mm. So it's a lot harder to make <laughs> you become charmed. Um, there is hex magic. You can cast the disguise self and hex spells with this trait. Intelligence, wisdom, or charisma is your spellcasting ability for these spells. Choose when you gain this lineage. Uh, once you cast either of these spells with this trait, you can't cast that spell with it again until you finish a long rest. You can also cast these spells using any spell slots you have, if you have them. Mm-hmm. So that's really neat. So you get disguise self and hex just for freebie. Yeah, I do. I I really like that you can use your own spell slots to cast them, though. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I again, that's just opening up more customization options. Yeah. Um, the next thing is magic token. As an action, you can harmlessly pull out one of your nails, a tooth, or a lock Ugh, of hair. Oh Ooh, have you ever seen those videos of the ladies with the really long acrylic nails and they pull it out of their finger and it's like, Ooh. why is that a thing? <laughs> I'm just imagining that now. Um, This token is imbued with magic until you finish a long rest. While the token is imbued this way, you can use an action to send a telepathic message to the creature holding or carrying the token, as long as you are on the same plane of existence and are within 10 miles of it. The message can contain up to 25 words. In addition, while you're within 10 miles of the token, you can use an action to enter a trance for one minute, during which you can see and hear from the token as if you were located where it is. While you're using your senses at the token's location, you're blinded and deafened. Afterward, the token is harmlessly destroyed. I love this. Oh, once you create a token using this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest, at which point your missing part regrows. I 
love this. It is such a cool thematic and mechanic thing. It's I I'm I this is one of the things that because like when I when I was starting to read the hex, I was like, oh, this you know might be interesting. This really made it cool, and again, adds so many neat things that you can do, and it doesn't care about what your uh what your ancestry is and what your class is mm-hmm. it's not a feat it is but it is part of you this is a thing that is you i i love it i absolutely love it i'm just imagining a really complicated like just scene where it's like oh we have to one of us has to get arrested it's like oh but we got to figure out what's going on and so it's like you you set up a a fake fight with each other in front of some guards and you punch the other person and in the fight you manage to grab like their teeth or their lock of hair or whatever have you in the fight Mm -hmm. and then you're taken away and you're like huh well that was a must that was just rough and then you walk away and then but you guys still have that whole mm-hmm. interest like thing that you can have and that's purely because that's who they are as a hex blood not because yeah. they have like sending or what have you and the fact that it's a free s- sending essentially yeah just within 10 miles <laughs> i'm okay with that that's ascending mm-hmm. is such a godsend in my campaign like it's it's used literally every session oh my god i love it <laughs> And so, like, this kind of, these kind of concepts where it's like, oh, yeah, you can sending. It's like, I love those kind of concepts because it just makes the game more accessible and fun for building a world around your characters. Mm -hmm. Because then they can go back to that one wizard that they fell in love with, like, eight sessions ago. (laughs) But that's uh, that's the end of the hex um, blood over there. The last one is the reborn. Um... The Reborn. Death isn't always the end. The Reborn exemplify this, being individuals who have died yet somehow still live. Some Reborn exhibit the scars of fatal fates, their ashen flesh, missing limbs, or bloodless veins, making it clear that they've been touched by death. Other Reborn are marvels of magic or science, being stitched together from disparate beings or bearing mysterious minds in manufactured bodies. Whatever their origins, Reborn know a new life and seek experiences and answers all on their own. Faded Memories Reborn suffer from some manner of discontinuity, an interruption of their lives or physical state that their minds are ill-equipped to deal with. Their memories of events before this interruption are often vague or absent. Occasionally, the most unexpected experiences might cause sensations or visions of the past to come rushing back. Rather than sleeping, Reborn regularly sit and dwell on the past, hoping for some revelation of what came before. Most of the time, these are dark, silent stretches. Occasionally, though, in a moment of peace, stress, or excitement, a reborn gains a glimpse of what came before. When you have the desire to have such a dreamlike vision, roll on the lost memories table to inspire its details. Again, this is a D8. This is not an origin thing. This is just a fun flavor yeah. thing. Um, and again, these are kind of more inspirational, more so than actual yeah. memories. And and so like I, I, I like that they had this D8 table here, mm-hmm. but I like as a, as a DM and, you know, I always love doing like, you know, character plot stuff and things like that. I would love to sit down and make up a bigger table and have them roll, keep the table to myself, have them roll and then reveal something about their past. Yeah. In this way that it is, it's a really interesting way to do that. And the thing about this with like, you don't have your memories and whatnot 
is I love this concept, but it's putting a lot of trust between you and your DM. Oh, yeah. A lot of trust. Like, or the other route is that this is a one-man kind of show where it's like this is putting a lot of work on you Mm -hmm. because these questions are literally asking you, the player character, like the player of this PC, what you want out of it. Because, like, for for example, one of them says, um, a memory brings with it the voice of someone once close to you. How do they avi- advise you? And it's like, mm. okay, you could work with your DM, and the, the DM can create a lot of really fun stuff and answers for you. So you can kind of figure it out like a puzzle of who you were in the past. Um, yeah. Or you have your own idea of what your character was, and you're introducing to the other party members through these storytelling beats. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like they can kind of go both ways where if your DM already has a lot on their plate, you can kind of use it as a role-playing tool. Or if you really want to have fun with it, uh, not that the other way isn't fun, and let your DM take the reins, like, I think that's totally viable too. Yeah. Honestly, I think one of the really interesting plot lines for this lineage is actually a Warforged. Yeah, um, of either a Warforge that forgot itself or a Warforge that may not have been a Warforge its whole life. That it got they got turned into one or something. I think that I think this could be I think this one could be really interesting. Oh, totally. Um Reborn Origins. So if you're like me and you haven't read this and Trevor just said Warforged, you're like, what does that mean? I thought it was undead. I thought it was Frankenstein. It's like, well, hang on. Here we go. <laughs> Reborn might originate from circumstances similar to those of various undead or constructs. Roll on or choose an option from the Reborn Origins table to determine how your character gained their lineage. So there's a lot of them. Um, They look pretty fun. Um, For example, for what Trevor was just talking about, one of them is you awoke in an abandoned laboratory alongside complex designs for clockwork organs. (laughs) How cool is that? (laughs) Yeah. How gothic is that? Like, that's straight out of Mary Shelley. Like, that's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a couple other ones in here that I'd love to read up, but again, I, I want to, I want to keep some surprises for people. You can go check it out, obviously, if you want to. But oh my god! I, I think overall, I just read the eighth one. Holy crap! <laughs> okay. Um, carrying on. So the reborn traits. So this is what you kind of look at when you build your character or when you become them. Uh, humanoid as well as construct or undead. Your so those are your new go. types. So you can choose when you gain this lineage. So your humanoid. Question. And- okay. Construct and or undead. Question. So yep. for, for, for Frankenstein, uh-huh. would he be construct or undead? Undead. Because it was okay. made with all human bits and pieces, mm-hmm. but he was just brought back. Yeah. With a life, okay. you know. Life! <laughs> uh, Frankenstein! <size> medium <laughs> or small, once again. So you can choose to be like bits and pieces into a halfling. Like... <gasps> You don't have I to be a human. It. You could you could be a dwarf that was put together in under the mountain, you know? Yes. A dwarf made of rock. Yeah. Like you yeah. you can be like bits of you grind as you move forward and it's like the mountain oh. made you, you know? Oh, I love it. <laughs> um your speed is 30 feet. So it's just average. Uh, dark vision, you get the average dark vision. By the way, all three of these guys... Everybody gets dark vision! Dark vision, all around. You get dark vision. Mo laugh if every <laughs> lineage that ever comes out gives dark vision. Just everyone has dark vision. Doesn't matter what your, your, your ancestry is, everybody gets dark vision. Mm-hmm. If you're an adventurer, dark vision. Dark vision. vision. <laughs> uh, 
Um, you get the deathless nature feature. Uh, you have escaped death, a fact represented by the following benefits. You have advantage on saving throws against disease and being poisoned. And you have resistance to poison damage. You have mm-hmm. advantage on death saving throws. Mm-hmm. You don't need to eat, drink, or breathe. <laughs> you don't need to sleep. And magic can't put you to sleep. You can finish a long rest in just four hours if you spend those hours in an inactive motionless state during which you retain consciousness, much like an elf. See, one of the reasons I want this in a book tomorrow is because like this just screams at any of those assholes are like, this is broken for level one. You're goddamn right it is, and it's freaking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's just fun. (laughs) It is. It's so cool. Um, You also get the last thing here, knowledge from a past life. You temporarily remember sporadic glimpses of the past, perhaps faded memories from ages ago or a previous life. When you make an ability check that uses a skill, you can roll a d6 and add the number rolled to the check. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. All right. I like that a lot better than how the UA for the rogue did. Where it's like, ooh, mm-hmm. you had past lives, therefore you're proficient in something new every day, and it's like, I'm still, I'm still shocked that it that made it into Tasha's the way it was. I know, but it's like um, I'm, I'm glad this treated it like that way more than than the other way. Also, really happy to see that one of the things that we loved from UAs last year made it into this, which was things dependent on how much your proficiency is. It levels up. You can with do this you. a number of time per days, equal to your proficiency brilliant yes i love it i want more of it i'm happy to see it show up here and it gives these lineage abilities such a nice balance yes no i'm very happy with that it because like you said balance it it levels up with you and you are happy with this as you go it's not like because i'm gonna be honest i'm a little sad with the uh, breath weapon attack because it's like oh that was cool for like you know a wormling dragon but Dude. i'm like level 18 now can that get better <laughs> no you you honestly like i will probably house roll because like that was like you can do breath weapon number of times per day equal to your proficiency modifier mm-hmm. i think that is a hundred percent how it should be oh yeah no i mean like that's pretty much how i'm already starting to treat a lot of like your your racial quote features is that like mm-hmm. if it's something where it's like once per day it's like ah, i'm tempted to make it like equal to your proficiency mod it depends because that just makes more fun and more sense and besides what what are we here for if not to have fun right Mm -hmm. um but overall how how are you feeling on uh we'll we'll say like the concept of lineages yeah um first of all i think they should have just uh consulted with the people who have made wonderful things on dm's guild (laughs) okay Uh, i think honestly they could have done this a year ago um, because this was happening like a while ago already. Yeah. Um, and they technically own it if it's put on the DMs Guild, you know? So it's like, why not? But um, I feel like they're going to move forward with this and with the with that little gray box that they put in there saying like race doesn't affect gameplay. It's just a matter of defining these features. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you're finally taking that step that should have happened in Tasha's. But I'm glad it's at least happening. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's in a UA that half like more than half the players in D&D won't be looking at, I'm still glad it's there. Yeah. I I I but like I do 100% think it's going to be in a book. Um 
uh, what I what you know pie pie in the sky dream what it would be is uh we get the advanced player's handbook it redoes uh race turning it into ancestry and lineage um and you know fixes up other problems bonus action I'm looking at you um <laughs> and initiative then <laughs> I, I'm still I'm still fine with initiative as it is but I I, I understand. Um, but no, you know, you know what I would really love? Hmm. I want this. I want this specific UA in a setting guide for the realms of dread. Oh yeah. Like, let's just take Ravenloft. Let's freaking go. Let's, let's bring in those dread realms and, and let's get some Gothic horror up in our games. I'd, I'd be down if they just released like the the mirror the mirror planes book where it's like here's the Feywild and here's the Shadowfell here's oh what yeah, you can yeah, do yeah, with yeah. Them. yeah 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 I think that would be, be really cool because it's still sticking with Feyrune but just you know not Feyrune Feyrune yeah yeah no I I I think that would be cool yeah that that's that's my dream is those th- those planar books <laughs> uh now but now besides the the lineage part of it what do you think of these three I like them um I my little like you know gothic heart because i grew up with my sister who is into all kinds of gothic like things from like the lost boys to vampire hunter d to just everything and so it's like i i I will i will voice for her she she said before this she's very upset that she's not on this episode (laughs) (laughs) we just did have the ability to set up more than one mic she really wanted to be on this and like I I have been into this kind of aesthetic for a long time and I don't show it because that's not naturally me. I think I just inherited it from my sister, but <laughs> I love it all the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I'm excited to, to kind of create something out of it because I would love yeah. to. I would love to just make something out of it just like right out the gate. Like next thing I'm on, I want to just play one something. I don't know if I yeah. would play a... Uh, the hex blood, but I think I think if I would choose one of the three, I think I would go for. See, I'm always tempted to say the Dampier, but I, I'm gonna go Dampier. I'm not even gonna hide it. I'm 100 percent going for Dampier. Just because of like the the flavor implications of the of the undead guy, it's like of the reborn. Mm-hmm. I like those possible story situations. I think yeah. the most, but playing wise and edgy wise, I kind of want to be Dampier. <laughs> hmm. Just so I can be D. Just so I can. <laughs> just for a day. What? What are the? What are the things that did pop into my head though? Is uh, you know, you, they they've done pretty darn good job of getting the UAs into D and D Beyond. And I know the class feature one was the one that they struggled the most with. In fact, it didn't even come out until Tasha's did. And I always wonder if Wizards talks to the people at D and D Beyond before they release one of the UAs. <laughs> Or if they got this and just went into straight panic. Like, what do you mean we have to add a new tab? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if this comes to D&D Beyond, I'm going to make so many characters. (laughs) I'm going to make so many. Um yeah, I like it. I, I I I'm on the side of like you could put this into a book tomorrow, and I I think it would be ready to go. Uh, I think it, it seems balanced, seems great. A uh, lot of good story potential. Yeah, the only like the only minor detail that I really had an issue with was, um, a little bit of the Dampier, where it's like, oh yeah, they totally can hunger for other things other than just straight up flesh or blood, but your attack is still focused yeah. on flesh or blood. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, you gave us you gave us the material, but you didn't give us the means. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, it, it could easily be explained away as, as you can get sustenance from blood, but you hunger for this. Yeah. I mean, but like, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're in the end, you are sort of a vampire. So <laughs> <laughs> it's true. only sort of only kind of. Yeah. You're, you're a vampire, not vampire. It's, you know, it's how it is. I, I will say uh, uh, when this comes out, I, I the temptation to just make a, uh, a star in from Baldur's Gate three and just play him the entire time is just gonna be it's gonna be a, a big urge of mine because <laughs> I, I I love that vampire boy. <laughs> like, like in the game, he's just like, hey, so like I kind of need blood and like I'm tired of eating animals. Can can I like bite you real quick? I'm like, fucking, here's my neck. Go. <laughs> Go you 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 do you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, any last thoughts on this UA? I'm with where this is going. I'm excited for the UAs to come. Yes, like same. they're I'm, willing to take the step to kind of listen a little bit harder to what people are asking for, and this really showed it. I think. Mm-hmm. I but I I hope they show it more. Yeah. Um, but that is going to do it for this bonus episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to uh, leave a review on your podcast service of choice. Five stars are appreciated. And don't forget to listen to the main show on Friday when uh, it goes up. Hector Reyes is here uh, is going to be here to talk about uh, West March's games and uh, what it's like running them. Uh, if uh, you want to keep up on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Difficulty Class, which is probably the best place to do it because I don't think we've posted on anything at Difficulty Podcast on Instagram in quite a bit. A little, bit, a little while, yeah, yeah. We're, we we are we are groggily slogging into 2021. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get back on there. There's a lot of stuff going on, but we'll get back there. Um, and if you have any suggestions uh, for topics, questions, anything like that uh, for the show, you can send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com and we'll take a look at it. But until you hear us next, have a good game. Thank you.